ultimately this human journey is remembering who we are beneath the programming, beneath the influence of society, beneath the expectations, and to recognize that so much of what we are thinking is actually layers of illusion. And so we have to go back to remembering we are a soul and we exist as light first. It's like the truth beneath the surface. And so we have to go back, walk the holy lands, literally, of Egypt, and start to tap into the deeper truths within us. This is Break the Matrix, a movement of self-liberation. You're here because you're waking up. You're remembering who you are. I believe that if enough of us unplug from the matrix, from the systems, beliefs, and ideas that keep us disconnected from our power, we become free. Together, we break the matrix. Right, the conversation I've been waiting for, I was going to say everyone, but it's just me for now. <laughs> but they don't know what's coming. It's going to be a good one. I'm super excited to welcome you to the podcast. Welcome, Kristen. I'm so excited to dig into all the things Egypt and give the listeners a little peek into our experience and time there together. So welcome. Thank you so much. I've been so excited for this call as well, knowing the magic that would be co-created when we, we come together and expand on our experience we shared in Egypt, which was wild, all things wild, beautiful, and potent, and where we're at now. Yeah. I just looked at the date, too. I feel like 12-22-22 is a potent date to be recording this on. I didn't even connect. We left to Egypt on 11-22, so just to give listeners an idea, we're about a month and a half, or about a month since returning from Egypt. The trip was about 10 days. So I shared on an episode before this, my solo episode on my personal experience with Egypt, but we're going to dive into a few more of the stories I shared, including the Great Pyramid meditation that we did on the evening of 11-11, which was the most magical part of our experience. But before we get into all things Egypt, Kristen, why don't you share with everybody a little bit about yourself and how you arrived to the embodiment you are today? Uh, thank you so much. Well, I am a I'm the CEO of this Sacred Femme brand, and I've always been attracted to I'll call it the path of self mastery, <laughs> high achieving careers. There's been plenty. I'm a manifesting generator in human design, and you know it's like meeting myself first as a personal trainer and an international hiking guide, and then finding the practice of yoga, meditation. And my mentorship business fell in my lap, essentially, after my 2012 experience, which was when I would say my spiritual awakening really occurred on a, a higher and deeper level. And I had, I had a client express to me, she said, you're, you're like a midwife of awakening. You walk us home to our soul truth. And I've worked a lot with CEOs, everything from, you know, the, the six multi six figure to nine figure CEOs in opening them to, it's like the exploration of themselves on a soul level. It's like where, you know, we've got our human, we've, walked this, you know, walk this path in this life. And there's this point where we arrive at where 
I really feel, you know, we start to awaken to something greater within ourselves. And I see that as the soul going like, hello, let's, let's pay attention now to, it's like the deeper picture that wants to come to light. Mm -hmm. And the time is now, definitely. I know you talk a lot about remembrance and the divine remembrance. And what does that journey of remembrance look like for you? And what would you suggest to listeners to tune into that remembrance? I know Egypt obviously was a part of that. But before we dive in, let's zoom out. Absolutely. Yeah, I ran a a series, a masterclass series called The Remembering. Because what I believe is that Ultimately, this human journey is remembering who we are beneath the programming, beneath the influence of society, beneath the expectations. And we are a soul and we exist as light first. In our humanness, we have a tendency to first look at what's wrong or what's not enough and and get pulled into the loops that have been created in the subconscious mind around that. And to recognize that so much of what we are thinking is actually layers of illusion. And so we have to go back, walk the holy lands, literally, of Egypt and and start to tap into, it's like the truth beneath the surface, the deeper truths within us. Yeah. And that is a land of remembrance. That is energy that I have never experienced. I know that it was a deep, deep soul calling for me to return to the lands and remember more of my soul essence. But what did that call look like for you? What drew you to Egypt? What? Tell me more about your personal soul um, navigation to this epic land. For sure. Egypt came into my awareness a few years ago. And I remember all of a sudden it was like, Egypt landed and I thought, okay, there's something to this. And I had looked at going last May, but the timing wasn't quite right. Um, And the next opportunity was going to be November, which is normally when I run actually a retreat in Peru, which is where I went prior to my spiritual awakening. And I was in Peru 11 years ago for 11-11-11. And then I could feel like the calling was so loud. I It was as though you are absolutely going to Egypt for 11-11-2-2, 11 years later. And I moved my Peru retreat to next year. And it was, it was so strong. And every part of my being knew that this was going to be a pivotal trip for me. And that going to Egypt at this time was... It was like a full, in a way, a full circle moment. You know, the, the potency and, and power of the Sacred Valley of Peru, for anyone who's ever been there, you know, it holds such an incredible energy. And then going to Egypt 11 years later for another significant time over, you know, in, in the significance of the 1111 portal. And I could feel like my soul was about to quantum leap into its next evolutionary cycle. Yes, I feel it brewing. And I feel like even our energy, it's so grounded and chill. (laughs) And we're not very chill people. (laughs) We're we're go-getters. We're ambitious. We're loud. 
we're fun, we're free, but this energetic upgrade that I think we both received from Egypt is one of grounding and deep integration and a demand for stillness and introspection as we've returned. So tell me, as you've been integrating, as we've left, what has been the biggest lesson that you've taken away from Egypt or what was the most profound moment for you Feel free to take us wherever your soul calls and give us a little peek into, it's so unique for everybody, but the gift that this land provided to you. For sure. I mean, there's such an incredible energy there. You can literally feel your your light body. I work in the path of Andean shamanism and do light body work, like activating more light. And being in Egypt, the light that is there, the frequency that we're feeling, the potency of the temples, the codes, the messages or downloads, whatever language resonates, you know, all of it is in, it was in forming and it's like bringing, bringing deeper remembrance in me of the times before we learned separation. The biggest piece that I came home from Egypt with which ties into an experience that you know we shared in the the Greek temple uh, was union, and I remember just feeling like this is the union code. This is what we are here to embody and remember, because for far too long we have learned to we've almost learned to choose separation over union. When the truth is, we are all one together. We are all part of oneness and everything we do affects the collective. Everything we think affects the collective. What if we decide to choose union no matter what? And I sat with that when I got home and just looked at the way I was choosing separation because of course what comes up are all of the ways, you know, my my human was separating itself or pulling away, you know, even from opportunities or, you know, feelings of where do, you know, where do I fit? Where do I belong? It's it's interesting what all started to stir up. And it was cycles that I recognized over the course of my life patterns and where I was brought to ultimately is what matters most. You know, I really feel like the call to Egypt was such a powerful call to this pilgrimage, you know, for my soul and the mission I feel here to support the elevation of consciousness on the planet, to support the return to union where we remember we are all one as a humanity. We forgot. Yes. And it's something we hear over and over again. And I think what this past year for me has been with any lesson or any narrative or any belief that we talk about in the spiritual community or mindset community or personal growth. You hear it, you hear it, you hear it. But until you can embody it and live it and integrate it, it's a whole different story. And so for me, Egypt was more integrating the lessons of presence and groundedness that I knew presence is the portal to manifestation. I knew present, like the present moment is a gift. I knew that thinking too far off into the future was taking me out of the present moment that was putting me um, out of alignment. 
so many things I knew, but Egypt to me was this opportunity to integrate and embody so many of those lessons. And so bring, you mentioned the Great Pyramid. Let's dive into that because to me that was something I was the most afraid of. And I, the funny thing is, I don't even know if I had told you ahead of time. Did no, I tell you this? No, you hadn't. So when I first found this trip to Egypt, I had listened to a podcast about it and they talked about how they did this 90-minute lights out meditation in the king's chamber, taking turns laying in the sarcophagus, which is like a tomb. And I was like, my whole body was like, yes, you need to go do that. And my brain was like, you are claustrophobic. That it sounds terrifying. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to let fear hold me back. So I'm going and I'm going to face this fear. And I just kind of stopped thinking about it. When I got there, I instantly connected with my roommate, Kim, who's also a mom of of two. And I told her, listen, I'm super excited about this trip, but the only thing I'm afraid of is the Great Pyramid at the end of the trip. And will you sit by me and hold my hand? Because the image spirit kept showing me leading up to that trip was somebody holding my hand. Mm -hmm. So I was like, it'll be like Ama, like the facilitator, or maybe my roommate because I connected with her. And so when her and I connected, I was like, thank God, because now I have somebody who can hold my hand in case I get afraid. I was also entertaining the option that maybe I won't even be afraid, you know, because I'm like, maybe it'll be amazing. Because another background is I was also afraid of going on the boat because of the same claustrophobic nature. And my good friend before I left, she said, oh, I had that fear once, but I was so surprised when I went on the boat, I felt free. And I just looked at her and I was like, holy fuck. Thank you for bringing that reality into my existence because the opposite of trapped is free. And I would have never imagined that I could feel free, the opposite of my fear. So got on the boat. I was feeling free and not seasick and not trapped. So at that point, I was like, well, I'm sure I'll be fine in the Great Pyramid. Okay, I was not fine. <laughs> so <laughs> leading up, <laughs> going in a little crawl space, I'm like, I could do this, just like breathing, breathing in, breathing out, working on this really deep lesson around presence that I had been integrating and learning the whole trip. And I shared that with the group. Like, I'm like, I'm so present here. I was sleeping better than ever. No future thoughts, no past thoughts, no past trauma was coming up, no future dreaming was coming up. I was just like there and I'm like, presence is it. So we go up to the to the Great Pyramid and we are all sitting in the circle and they're explaining to us all how to take turns laying in this sarcophagus for a blessing. And I'm just like trying to follow the instructions because I'm so afraid and the lights are going to be out and I just want to make sure I don't screw it up. And they're like, once you go into the sarcophagus, you come back and you get your neighbor. And I was like, okay, so all I have to do is just my neighbor will come and get me and find my way to the sarcophagus and then come back and get my neighbor. So literally as soon as they finish the instructions, like the lights go out, like no warning, no like let's take a few grounding breaths. The lights just unexpectedly go off. And instantly I'm like suffocated in darkness and I'm like, holy fuck, I can't do this. And I was seconds away from yelling out to Amma because Amma knew I was afraid in advance. And she said, if I ever get afraid, I can just leave. And so I was about to yell out, I can't do this. Like Amma, help me out. And then before I did that, I was like, bitch, you didn't come all the way to Egypt 
to <laughs> give up now. This is going to be really cool. So to my right was sitting my roommate, Kim, and to my left was Kristen. And I was holding <laughs> Kim's hand. And instantly I'm like, fuck this. This is not the grounding energy I need. I love you, Kim. But she was also, I could tell, kind of nervous. I yell out for Kristen. I'm like, Kristen! <laughs> I just like scramble over desperately grabbing her hand and the whole time in my mind I'm like freaking out because I'm like this is such a magical experience Kristen is such a pillar of strength and she was like here she was talking about like recoding the ancient times ancient temples and you can get into all of your (laughs) intentions and I'm like I'm totally fucking up whatever her personal or collective intentions are energetically because now I have I just need help and as somebody who is like a go-getter and like very independent like I don't ask for help often so we'll get into that lesson later but before we continue with the story I would like you to walk me through your intention leading up to the great pyramid the darkness kind of where you're at, your experience of this, and then we'll kind of get into like going into the sarcophagus and some other magic that occurred. So sure. let me just pause there and hear yours. Where are you at in this journey? I mean, I was super excited, obviously, for the experience, for the private ceremony to be there that day. And, you know, it, it, it felt like this really special and sacred pilgrimage journey as we're, we're climbing the ladder, you know, to the top and, we stop in the queen's chamber for a little bit of time. And then we, we go into the king's chamber and, and seeing the way it was laid out and, and what was going to happen. And it was, you know, it was super interesting. I thought, okay, this is, this is going to be powerful and it will, it could potentially bring up a lot because to go one, to go into a space like that, there's a lot of energy. You could literally feel it right. As soon as well, on the outside, right? when the lights go off, it's not like you're sitting in your bedroom in a fucking dark. You're sitting in a dark, you're in a middle of a pyramid, the evening of 11-11, and you're not only in this energi- energy of Egypt, you're in the pyramid, you're in the energy of the entire group. Yeah, and that's it. So there's there's the entire group seated in there with each individual's own pieces coming up, you know, and so you can feel all the energetics. And I just remember you know, hearing you and and like grabbing hands and internally going, well, yeah, I get to be a pillar here and, and anchor this energy and it's like support. And then at the same time for me, it was like, I could feel this, this big, um, this big energetic presence coming towards me that was from, I'll call it the higher dimensional realms Uh, you know, as, as a channel, I do channeling work and it was so fascinating. Like this experience, obviously neither of us will ever forget it, but it was so fascinating because I actually had (laughs) Mary Magdalene and Yeshua sit down in front of me in my experience. And so I'm having this very human moment with you while I'm also in my channel and receiving this incredible blessing of Mary Magdalene and Yeshua or Jesus sit down in front of me. And there was a, there was a, a point where I was just like, do I get like, do I get to have all of this at the same time? And, you know, in, in a way it felt like a minute and in other ways it felt like forever. And what I love was 
instantly I heard, yes, this is how it gets to be. We are multidimensional and we are grounded in here having very human experiences while opening ourselves to, you know, these really powerful, higher dimensional um, channeling or messages. And I remember thinking, I get to support the sisterhood. You never abandon the sisterhood. My work has been devoted to supporting women on their journeys for, you know, well, 20 years in many ways. And, and then as a mentor since 2013, right? And I remember thinking there's an egoic part of the human that wanted to get to say, I paid the, you know, 200 us or whatever for this experience. And right in the, in the same time is like, yeah. And you get to be here and be support for someone who finds it really difficult to ask for support. And like in that moment, there was such a powerful healing that I felt rippled through the collective sisterhood. It's like, I'm not here for me. I'm here for all of us. And, and I get to have this really powerful and beautiful experience in my human and in my soul. And it was so, like, it was so deeply meaningful. One that for your trust to reach out and support you, that was so moving for me. And for the multiple layers of like teachings and lessons and the, the beautiful emotions I got to experience in those moments. And I feel, and it takes it back to, you know, I knew uh, Mary Magdalene and Yeshua were with me because there was this transmission of the union code to me is what I felt, right? A lot of the problems that we're navigating in society is around we choose separation over union, right? We, we, this, it's like the self is like, well, what about me? And what about my, my needs and, and this and that? And it's like, what do we get to do here? We get to be a pillar of unconditional love and a pillar of light for all. So how can I bring that into my life even more? Because that's what's going to change the world. That is what is bringing a shift in consciousness and repairing the rifts that we've been living in under this patriarchal influence for so long. We were going back to the remembrance for some who are familiar with the ancient civilization of Atlantis and the fall of Atlantis, which began the fall of humanity when we learned war, competition, scarcity, forcing, willing, controlling, all of these dynamics that wove their way into what became known as power and we created and have known for over 13,000 years of history, power struggle. So how beautiful were these overlying themes and in, in the teachings that were emerging from this experience that also opened up this incredible um, this incredible pathway from your heart to my heart and my heart to your heart and the vulnerability that is required for us to let down the armor, let down the guard, one, allow ourselves to be supported, to ask for support and for us in our, you know, what truly is our power, our greatest power is love. And I get to bring this forth. Yeah. And 
where I'm sitting literally in fear, right? Where right. you are acting in love and I'm acting in fear. And another more background is they talked about whatever energy or intention we hold in that space was to be amplified into the collective. Yeah. And so again, what a powerful experience not only to use love to help override and transmute fear, but like you said, the oneness and I also think the example of what it means to be a powerful feminine archetype is one, me asking for help, which so many women are trying to do it alone. And mm-hmm. asking for help is a sign of power and giving and supporting help and not making it all about ourselves is an equal part of that equation. How can we help one another? How can we ask for help? Again, the oneness that you reference coming together amplifies our power. I think it was a beautiful experience, not only for me individually, but just knowing that, again, that frequency was amplified into the collective is a really cool thing. But the shit show doesn't end there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then <laughs> I am very afraid still, but I'm slowly calming down. And to give you a little background, everybody's offering their voice to the pyramid. They are, um, the directive was to like sing in the higher realms, like call in the angelic frequency, the higher dimensions, because you can kind of call in any frequency um, from what I can understand in that great pyramid, light and dark. So everybody is like singing. It's like a beautiful choir, but like I'm fucking terrified. So I cannot even tune into the singing. I can't consider the fact that we're in this thing for 90 minutes, that I can't see anything. All I can do is just breathe in Breathe out. Like literally, I must have breathed in and breathed out for hours, but it was not, it felt like what felt like hours. And all I could focus in was my breath. Again, presence, which proved to me that the power of presence, the power of your breath can really get you through anything. But um, eventually, I calmed down enough to open my eyes and there are literally like lights all around, like floating all around the pyramid. And I'm like, I'm not one who can see outside of my third eye. So I'm like, holy fuck, but that's too much for my nervous system. So I'm like, all right, that's really cool. It kind of calms me down, but I also close my eyes and go back to my breath. So I'm seeing all these things. I'm calming down. I'm feeling the energy. It is a high vibrational energy. Um, Kristen kind of leans over and says, you know, like I'm next or I'm going or whatever. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm okay. You know, so I'm sitting there waiting and, um, feeling much better. And somebody taps me on the shoulder, one of the like co-facilitators and he's like, you're next. I'm like, okay, it's go time. I can do this. I can lay in the sarcophagus in the pyramid in the dark. I can do this. So I'm like feeling my way over there and I get to the sarcophagus and I'm like hearing light language. And for those of you who aren't familiar with light language, it's like tongues, but how would you describe it, Kristen? It sound it can sound like gibberish a little bit, you know, it, it, because yeah. our our brain wants to try and interpret it in through the language that we typically know. Yet it it's it holds a different frequency, and it it could sound like that would be an example of light language that I tend to speak. 
one of them. Yes. And it's a, a workshop. We did a work, a light language workshop and I found it to be really powerful. It's a way to basically um, communicate from the higher dimensions through voice and just work through your own healing or integrations or whatever. So I get there and there's freaking light language. At this point, I've already seen magical, you know, spirits flying around. And I'm like, so is there like something in the sarcophagus? Because now am I expected to get into the sarcophagus that's like talking? And I'm like, hello? <laughs> you don't hear anything. <laughs> I'm just so like, good. can I do this? Can I do this? hello, is anybody in there? Because at this point, I just need to determine, like, I was ready to go in no matter what. I just need to know, like, was this, like, spirit light language or is there, like, somebody in there? And then you're like, it's Kristen. I'm like, oh. And then I'm like, well, motherfucker, <laughs> I'm feeling awful because now not only have I held onto your hand for dear life for God knows who, how long, now I've interrupted your blessing in the sarcophagus. So then the bright side, I'm like feeling, well, the, the negative, I'm feeling awful. But then the bright side, I'm like, well, now I'm not afraid anymore. Now I just feel bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it kind of brought me into reality. And I'm like, well, so then I'm just like chilling, like waiting by the sarcophagus, all these like little spirits floating around. And I look over to my right and there's like an outline of a person. And I'm like, oh, is that like Omar, one of my facilitators? And so I'm like putting my hand out there. Oh, no, there's no one there. And I'm just like, all right, cool. I'm in the, I'm in the, the pyramids in the dark. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so funny. I thought you were going to climb in on top of me. <laughs> I'm just so glad I did not step in because if I had stepped on your face – I, that would have been like next level, like just no. But so eventually you get out, I get in and I'm just like anchor, you know, slowly inching my way in. Um, But the deeper and deeper I get, like for me personally, and I want to hear your experience is I set the intention of just feeling more of the mother's love, Mm. the energy of just pure love and oneness that I felt in the Hathor temple that I talk more about in my solo episode. And the deeper I got into that sarcophagus, it was just like pure bliss, pure ecstasy, like a massage. And I was like relaxing and I looked up and there were like stars and I'm just like, oh my God, this is amazing. This feels so good. And I'm just like, well, how long do I stay in here? You know? Mm -hmm. And it was just like, we'll let you know. So I just like stay there maybe a few minutes, you know? And I'm like, okay, thank you. Like (laughs) get out. I'm blissed out. It was like so relaxed. The fear is gone. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, thank you for this recoding of love and this reminder that this frequency of love is available to us all of us at any time it doesn't have to come from your mother or your friends or your partner like this frequency of love is available to all of us in fact it's within us it is the essence of who we are and so I sit back down and I'm like all right I'm ready to like sing or do something and I hear like a voice and um they were just like, no, like you're now going to send out the frequency of like a female, a relaxed female, a woman doing nothing, sitting back and receiving the tones, the blessing. You're not going to do a thing. Like you've done enough. Like you know how to do. We know you know how to do. Like you're going to lean back and just like relax. So the remainder of my time was just like sitting and like totally blissed out. Try not to think about the fact that I'm like feeling bad that I 
ruined Kristen's blessing or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Us just trying to stay in the moment of being blissed out. And then we addressed it the next morning. But that was how how my experience Mm. ended. And um, in the temple too, like Sekhmet came to me, which is a goddess um, we worked with. And she was like saying, give me your fear. So I was like giving her my fear that first half. And I saw the lion's face like so clear in my throat third eye and the second half after I got out was like all Hawthor energy yes another goddess I connected to deeply it was like here's the love and just sit back and receive um, the beauty of this experience and feel the gratitude so um, if you guys want to hear more about those goddesses you can again go back to the first episode but we'll get into I know a little bit with you because you also had a connection to segment leading up to this trip Mm -hmm. but first I would love to hear your experience in the sarcophagus and did I ruin it for you? Everybody, everybody wants to know. Everyone wants to know. (laughs) Did you ruin it? No, it like, it's, it's an experience. I know that the woman before she was in there for an extended period of time. Like I remember that was part of the timing was all. We didn't know this at the time that somebody had stayed in there for like 30 minutes or something. And so that's why it felt like I was holding Chris's hand forever because I kind of was in accordance to how long I thought I would, it would be until I went in the sarcophagus, but I didn't know that. And that's why the other facilitator came in and got me because they were trying to like save the time of people like trying to fumble their way in the dark. I didn't know I was on deck. I thought it was like my turn. Yeah. So that was why that mix-up happened. Yeah. But continue. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I went in and I, I laid down and really dropped into this place of receiving, right? I get, I get to be here to receive and allow whatever energetics want to come through, move through. Um. It was a couple of – it was about three minutes and then <laughs> your sweet little voice – Hello in there. <laughs> you know? And I mean truthfully, I I just like laughed. I laughed. I was like, okay, I got, you know, this is it. It's it's an experience. It's literally yeah. my answer. It's exactly as it was meant to be. I know we yeah. know that. For me it was it was laying down in this very sacred space, knowing that this is where um, so many had, had laid, this is where Mary Magdalene and Yeshua had been. This is where they received initiations. And so there was such a richness to that, um, in, in my experience and then coming out and, and returning into circle and, and just sitting there holding, holding this frequency of presence, as you said, right. And when you said the words, I felt so relaxed and instantly in my mind, I, I thought to myself, yes, the relaxed woman will change the world. Anchored in her nervous system, anchored in her presence, because in our presence we're creating from present moment awareness. And, and this is our most powerful space of creation versus creating the future from the past, which is typically what we've been doing. Because, you know, fear, remembrance of this, is, is what pulls us into the past to those past experiences of it until we clear all of them and create a new program, right? A new trajectory and even a new program around what it means to be in a sacred site, what it means to be in the dark, to observe where the nervous system goes. And ultimately all of this is just the, the path, the path home to self mastery and our highest leadership as humans at this pivotal time here on earth to remember it is about it's about love transmutes all 
love is the greatest power there is and love is the only truth. It's illusion. And to walk ourselves through these moments, that's power. That's courage. Like you didn't leave. You stayed and you, you walked yourself through that ultimately. Right. And that created a complete shift internally. And it's just the way that, yeah, our energetics get to dance, right? We observe what comes up, our feelings, when the choice, the choices that we get to make in the moment, knowing that they're leading us to, to the next, to something greater. You know, I always see through the lens of that was, that was divinely orchestrated, ultimately, yeah, it got to mm-hmm. happen that way because it needed to, and it was leading us both to something that we needed to experience, to learn from, um, that that we then get to share and teach from. That experience was was so powerful on so many levels, and so grateful I got to share it with you. Yeah, I told you I had that image of a hand like holding mine yeah. for months, and I just didn't know it would be your hand. I. Also connected with my intuitive Monique Hemingway, who we've had on the podcast, who channels past lives. And I went to her after because I was like, let me tell you what happened. Tell me what's going on there. And she was like, yeah, you've had like past lives in the mystery schools in Egypt with Kristen. She's like, I actually am seeing you both as men. And she's like, at the time, you know, you had your ego. She's like, everybody, even back then, had egos. You know, we imagine these mystery school participants as like ego-free and not human, ascended masters, but they were just human like the rest of us. And there was some ego stuff going back and forth. And she was like, this was a chance for you guys to clear some of that karma. And she's like, and there was fear, like residual fear from times you spent like days in that sarcophagus or in that pyramid with no food in darkness that you had to go back and clear up. And I know that you also, that matched the download that you had around clearing karma on this trip. I, I haven't asked you about that. So tell me what was your download or understanding of like clearing karma or any past lives that we might've had together, or even you had in Egypt on your own path, like just any insight from, from your side of things. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously we could talk for hours about this because there's, there's, you know, there are these certain points along the journey in different temples where I had these very powerful experiences. We showed up at Ilfile, the, you know, the temple of Isis. And as soon as I got there, I started like just tears automatically were flowing because I remembered being there as a priestess, right. In, yeah. in that past lifetime and walking through the priestess gate. And it was just like, I've had visions for the last few years of being with the women in the temple dressed in white and sharing the, the teachings of light with them. And so it was affirmation for me in many ways. And knowing that there's this, this solar fire, this solar feminine frequency that has been moving in my world and in my practices and awareness that has been streaming powerfully since 2020 and uh, spring equinox actually of 2020 and it was meeting Sekhmet in the temple and as soon as we got to be in that sacred space and that private space with with the you know the statue of, of Sekhmet and she came alive and she literally said to me I've been waiting for you and it's time and 
you and I had talked about the solar feminine frequency and bringing the solar feminine, uh, I'll use the words Christ consciousness back to the planet where we're unifying the solar feminine with the solar masculine, because it was like the masculine had taken that, you know, the, the frequency of fire, like, or like it was attributed more to that masculine side where we're actually Mm -hmm. integrating this. And so there were layers of this that started to stream through and, feeling as though I was, there was, there was both cleanup and remembrance. It's just so interesting how it all, sometimes it feels like a lot of information and our, our linear, like our, our logical mind wants to make a linear pathway with all of this. Yet I feel we're also learning, can we be in this place of ultimate surrender and trust what we are feeling, trust what we are hearing we're seeing, if we're seeing all of these beings of light present, you know, these, this presence of spirit, we're feeling it, we're hearing it. We're all multidimensional and we're all awakening to this. And, you know, sometimes it can feel, it can bring up a lot and it, it's like, what is going on here? Am I going crazy? Like women literally are like, am I going crazy? I said, not at all. Your sacred gifts are coming online. We're all channels. We're all conduits. We're conduits of light between source, spirit, creator, mother nature, divine mother, who, you know, whatever resonates, we're bringing the light here to earth and we get to be here for this. And we chose this time for this. We get to bring this forth for the collective ultimately. Yeah, it really resonates when you say the fire being attributed to the masculine. And I recently just finished the book, Bringers of the Dawn. They talked about how we are rewriting the blueprint for what the divine feminine means because a lot of us are using our feminine energy and we're using it within the blueprint for the divine masculine. So it's skewed and that a lot of us are here to rewrite that blueprint for what it means to be the divine feminine in her full power yes. so that others can rise up. And that really hit home with that book. And it's everything you're saying. And it's everything I felt when I was in Egypt. I was like, okay, I know why I'm here. And remember, I was like, I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> I just remembered I said that. I don't know why I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm like a month after, I'm like, I know why I'm here. I was there to receive the frequencies of unconditional love, of the divine feminine, of the fierceness, of the fire, because I already have that fire within me, but it's learning to use it, like you said, in a way that is anchored in love and not destruction and fear. And so that really hit. You know, we get to send this frequency from our heart. That's how powerful we are. And that love will transmute all. I really believe that. And imagine when there's, you know, there's 20 of us, 200 of us, 2 billion even of us choosing love first. And it's a, it's a journey of awakening. This is the path of ascension. This is the path of awakening. It starts stage one is self-love and to feel love when what we're feeling inside of ourselves is the exact opposite in everything, but, and all of this is bringing us home to this remembrance where there was a time we didn't live in this human existence, like having this, this human body, you know, is, can feel very dense and challenging at times. 
But there was a time when we lived in pure harmony. The ancient civilization times, when we talk about Lemuria and Atlantis before the fall, and you know, this might prompt people to go, I want to learn more about this and, and beautiful. But just think about that. You know, think about the feeling of love, the feeling of, you know, for those, I've, I've not birthed children in this lifetime, you know, and I can only imagine like a mother's love, mama bear, right? The ferocity of that, the depth of that. What a gift. What a gift that we get to, to share. And, you know, I believe that my, my path has been one to one. I had to know this love. I had to figure it out. So I had to, had to go through the experience that I did to learn what it meant to walk in love, to start by falling in love with myself on the highest and deepest level, which meant forgiving myself for all of the ways I felt like I'd done wrong or messed up and failed. My greatest fear was failure. I see all of these connection points and we're in the second massive, or it's actually considered to be the third wave of awakening right now. The second was 2012. We're evolving and learning what it means, what it feels like to know this level of love. Yeah. Oh, what a beautiful conversation. And this just takes me back to the frequency of Egypt. And I'm just so grateful that our paths crossed in this lifetime for the love that you have shown, for the wisdom. It's been a pleasure. Tell everybody where they can find you, how they can work with you, any offerings you have to kick off 2023. And then we'll link everything in the show notes as well, where they can follow you and find your website and all of that. Amazing. Thank you so much, Tiffany. So I've got two Instagram accounts. There's my name. Um, It's underscore at underscore Kristen Stewart, not spelled like the actress. It's S-T-U-A-R-T. And then I also have... sacred at sacred.fem or sacred-fem.com is my website. Uh, You know, kicking into 2023, I'm so excited for this next year. I have, you know, women can walk with me inside a couple of different memberships if they're interested. The Sacred Femme Journey is a 12-month walk inside all my masterclasses and programs. And so there's that. It also includes a monthly activation call. Um, some of the channeling work, work in the Akashic records, all of that comes in there. And something super fun that I just launched this week is called the Sacred Femme Channel, where if you're, you want a taste, you want to be in the, in the vibes. I've had someone, I, I love this testimonial woman said, your voice is Manuka honey for my soul. I was like, that <laughs> I am deeply receiving. And so the Sacred Femme Channel, um, is an opportunity to be inside some of my transmissions. So receive a weekly transmission, a guided yoga nidra practice to start work on, you know, clearing some of the subconscious debris that takes us into old patterns and programs. And then there's also a somatic breath work that one of my team on um, with sacred femme offers monthly. So that's there. There's one-on-one mentorship. You know, there's, uh, there will be retreats that we'll be launching later in 2023. So, yeah, it'd be an honor to to connect in any of these spaces. There's also a free Facebook community called the Sacred Femme Circle, where I just ran a 14-day program called Awaken, which includes 14 days of embodiment. So <laughs> right on point with exactly what we're talking about. 
I love it. Well, again, I will link everything in the show notes. People can go learn more. Otherwise, follow her so you can be in the know for all of her offerings and the upcoming retreats. They look amazing. I'm going to put that on my wish list. And thank you again. I so appreciate you. And this conversation was, I don't know what that lady said, but just fuel for my soul. (laughs) Fire. I love it. Thank you so much, Tiffany. It's so great to connect in the sacred space in this way with you and all of your listeners. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. 